0: And now anytime a client like asks me to do something that I don't feel comfortable with, I'm like, why does this, why do I have anxiety? Like, why am I panicking about doing this right now? And I think I sit down, I take some time to be still and I'm like, okay, the reason I feel this way is because it's something I've, it's unknown territory. It's something I've never done before and that's an opportunity for growth. So it's a fear and I'm running toward it because once I get through it, I've done it. And now I have that experience under my belt. And I've just grown from it. And that's so cool. You're just constantly learning and evolving and growing if you're running towards things that scare you.
1: Welcome back to Let's Thrive the podcast, and I'm your host, Emily Feigles. I wanted to start this off with a little check in and self reflection. So, how are you doing right now? That seems like the ultimate question. It's June 2020, and this world has been through a lot in this year, and it just keeps going. You know, I had someone ask me the other day, How are you? And I didn't really know how to respond, because truthfully, I think it's such a day-to-day thing, and I take things on such a, ser- not serious, but actual level, you know, so they ask, how are you, just intending as like a, you know, you say good, they say good, you move on with your day, but I just want to actually have that discussion. Um, and it's just difficult, because as I said, it's a daily change where one day I feel like I'm on top of the effing world feeling great and the next I'm on the verge of a nervous breakdown and can think of nothing except for distracting myself from thinking and it's just this emotional roller coaster I talk about it on Instagram I've talked about it with you guys before and I think it just gets so elevated in these times of extra stress and turmoil in the world on a world level And beyond that, I just feel like it's not my place to complain, if that makes sense. So I've just, like, so for example, is with COVID, like, my entire bubble of people, social circle, I suppose, of loved ones, friends, acquaintances, are perfectly safe. Like, no one got sick. And yes, I lost work for a while, but it didn't financially ruin me. And you know, yes, my own little side hustles got a little bit of a dip, but I didn't lose a business. And so I feel weird, like complaining about COVID anymore, because I'm like, but there's so much to be grateful for. And the same with like the recent Black Lives Matter movement. And this is probably like white privilege, the fact that I can even say this, and I'm not complaining, but I'm just saying like, I've seen a lot of people say how it was like a heavy week. And continuing, like, it still feels heavy. And I just personally feel weird saying that because I feel like it's not my place, right? Like, I'm just a white woman trying to support the movement. Like, why do I have the right to say that it feels heavy? And, you know, so for a while, I just didn't know what to say because I couldn't show up on Instagram, the podcast, or in real life and be all rainbows and butterflies, life is good because it wasn't. Like, I was feeling heavy emotions from everything happening in the world. Like, I'm an empath, so no, I'm not an active member of the black community and I'm not suffering like they are, but it's like I can feel, I just feel those emotions, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And I just didn't know how to communicate that without sounding like a whiny little bitch. (laughs) And at the same time, I do think it's important to remember that no matter what, like, we all have our own personal struggles and trauma and pain to deal with. And that's something to consider, I guess. Like, when people say this time feels extra heavy or I'm struggling, maybe it's not, like, the head-on, I'm, I you know, I'm struggling because of COVID or I'm really not, you know, handling this entire movement well. Maybe it's something more, right? So, like, today, I'm recording this it's Friday June 12th last minute as always and you know yesterday we had to put our childhood dog like we've had her ever since I can remember we had to put her down and I was the one to make the call and it was just an absolute shit show I mean watching the realization on her face of like what was happening was something like I'll never forget and then seeing my like six foot extremely muscular hulk of a brother literally fall to his knees and start crying like that will never not impact me and then beyond that like today the next day is my mom's birthday and she would have been 60 today and like part of me wants to numb those things because I feel like I don't deserve to feel those emotions when there's so much more important things happening in the world but then another part of me is like damn like is this what it's gotten to where I feel like it's so like one way or another like I can feel the pain of the world but I can feel my personal pain too see now that I'm talking about this I'm like processing it for myself this is what I do this is why I'm not good in therapy because the therapist doesn't do anything I just talk myself through shit (laughs) um so yeah I guess that's what I'm trying to say like not to drag this episode down wow um I just wanted to drive this point home of like all feelings, all experiences are valid. And so when I ask you to reflect on that sentiment of how are you, I just want you to remember that. So for anyone else out there that might feel guilty about saying they don't feel well or they feel heavy because of everything happening in the world, but you feel guilty for saying that. Just remember that your personal struggles are valid and they're also a part of the issue too. Now I'm going to quit because I feel like I'm jumbling my words, but truthfully, I'm here for you if you need to talk. There's journals, you can talk with loved ones, a therapist, etc. Okay, yeah, get those words, thoughts, feelings out there. No need to let that low energy sit around in your body Um, and moving on from such a downer intro uh, into a rather upbeat and lovely episode. Probably should have planned these to correspond a bit better, but oh well, we're going with it. Uh, So as you all know, if you've been following along, I love my health and wellness stuff, but I'm also a huge fan and advocate for other things like mindset and personal growth and business and a bit of spirituality and the woo-woo stuff. And I know these topics won't resonate with everyone, but I like to give them a chance. I like to offer them up for those of us who are interested. And as an overly enthusiastic, empathetic 20 year old building a brand and a hopeful future business for myself, it's important for me to hear from all different types of people on business. So I'm not going to resonate with someone that's just like, I guess, the typical business person, right? Because, like I said, I'm overly enthusiastic or sensitive, empathetic. So, like, I'm into business. With the woo-woo side of things of intention and intuition and, you know, all that fun kind of things, which some business people just might not be interested in. But today's guest, Iza, of the Instagram Iza Tales, is someone I admire so damn much because... She is business and woo-woo. Maybe woo-woo is not the right word. Maybe I should say spirituality or something else. But that's just a killer combo in my eyes. It's like having, okay, this is a really neat analogy that I thought of, okay? It's like having a perfectly balanced sandwich. Not too much bread, not too much filling that it spills out everywhere. Just the perfect balance of, perfect ratio of bread to filling in a sandwich. That's how like Iza is. Because, I mean, yes, that's an odd analogy, but she has managed to balance both the business entrepreneurial mindset with her more spiritual side that loves signs and intention and intuition. And so, of course, I resonate with that, and maybe some of you will too. So, Iza actually started her business, the Social Tail Agency, when she was 22. Mind blow. I mean, it was thanks to her hobbies as a kid that she developed the skills she needed, plus her college education and experience, plus her own work with blogging and Instagram that when it all combined led her to be an entrepreneur at 22. She is a major source of inspiration and influence and expansion in my life because I can only hope to be where she's at when I'm 22. Let's manifest some shit, okay? (laughs) But like that's just so badass to me that I can't even handle. I want to meet her in real life now and make good food and sit around and discuss because there's so much knowledge she has. I mean, once more, if you're older than 22, this still relates to you. I'm sure like 90% of you are. Um, But the bulk of this episode is actually just us chatting about like the lifestyle mindset and personal shifts needed to help us thrive in life, in business, in whatever you're going through. It's just good advice in general. Uh, probably my favorite topic that we discuss is the general life advice of facing fear. I've discussed this before in the show, but fear is just going to hold you back. Sometimes it might be holding you back from a truly dangerous situation, but other times it's just holding you back in life. And so if it's not an immediate threat of death or injury to yourself or others, go for it. Face the fear. See what happens. And then let me know when you do face that fear. Maybe it was trying a fear food or asking for a raise, or going on a date, or tackling your email inbox. I don't know. What makes you scared? What is your fear right now? Uh, maybe it was starting a business, or moving, or whatever. Like, let me know what it is. I'm curious, and then I'll share some of mine too. And it's, you know, just go on Instagram. Let us know if you listen to this episode. You can share the episode, and then let us know, like, what fear are you going to face, or what resonated? Uh, I actually first found Isza through... A friend and previous podcast guest, Nikki, and the reason I started following her at first was just because she has like this good energy and vibe and aesthetic and just such a kind heart, and then soon after I realized she had this business and I was just starstruck. So it's been a long time coming that she comes on the podcast and shares with us all, so I'm just excited to get this out there and have you guys listen lots to learn, lots to think on, to remember and reflect about. Um, so connect with us both on Instagram. Iza is at Tales, linked below, and I'm at Emily Feichel's and Let's Thrive Podcast. If you'd like to support the show, leave a written review, share it on your stories, it would mean so much, but otherwise just thank you for showing up and being here. So without further ado, let's begin
0: good. I know. I want to like save all of the fun stuff. Yes, I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Well, as I mentioned before, I first found your account through our mutual friend, Nikki, and just from the get-go, I immediately loved your aesthetic and just the entire like style and layout of everything you share. So I'm curious, did that eye for, you know, style and design and kind of like branding you know, come to you naturally. Were you a creative child in that way? Does it run in your
0: family? Uh, I'm just
1: kind of curious about that side of you.
0: Yeah, um, it's funny. I think because now that I'm home in social distancing with my family, I all of these old thoughts and memories have been coming up because I really haven't been at home since I was like in high school. Um, so I was thinking the other night where I was like going down one of those rabbit holes where it's one of those nights you just like can't really sleep and your brain's running a million miles a minute um, but in this case it was like all good things and I was thinking like wow it's so funny because our parents like parents around now and I think this is even something I consciously think about like when I want to fe- eventually raise kids is like you almost don't want them to spend all this time on the computer or like on technology you want them to go outdoors you want them to connect with nature and all the stuff and I was like, wait, maybe we're looking at this wrong because all of these kids that, I mean, I think of, I feel very fortunate that my parents in a weird way, like growing up went through a really long divorce. So my childhood was like my parents going through divorce for like seven years. And because of that, I spent a lot of time on the computer. Like I spent so all, pretty much all my free time like growing up on the computer and unfortunately not really playing that much in nature unless I was visiting my dad who lives in Ireland, so that was like the only time I got like real nature time and then all when I was here at this home that I'm staying in now during quarantine was the home I grew up in, and I was thinking about like okay, I was probably on the computer for like seven hours a day at like six years old and just either playing games or like learning how to use the apps in Then eventually that got me into photography and then I remember being like really into photography and like Tumblr and blogs and that sort of stuff when I was really young. Like probably I think I started a blog about animal cruelty when I was like eight. Um, And then I like didn't really know what it was but I saw other people doing it on the internet and so then I started doing it and then it kind of just like tumbled into now. I'm like well, well thankfully that my parents didn't care too much about what I was doing because it's now my career (laughs) and I feel like it kind of gave me this advantage of being really familiar with technology. Um, So I think there is this weird like little blessing in disguise of kids being on technology so much because they do have this advantage. I mean, that's kind of what like started the tech boom and got all these people that are bloggers and influencers and creators because we had that time growing up to learn how to do photography or like be on the internet.
1: Oh, I so, so love that.
0: <laughs> where it came from was uh, like it's just funny to think about how that as those little hobbies as a kid ended up being my career, and I'm like, what the heck? Who would have thought that was possible?
1: Oh, I so so love that, and it is true. You know, it it just probably depends because some kids, you know, if if their childhood was very in depth with, you know, nature and being active, you know, like maybe they were the athletic kids when they grew up or, you know, they're out, they're doing like a manual labor, labor kind of job. And then there's, you know, like your side of the, you know, spectrum where it is the more computer creativity focused type of thing. So I love that. And it is funny, like you kind of said it, uh you know, you can get in kind of like that spiral of when you think back to your childhood, how much of it has prepared us for like where we are today uh whether in a good way or a bad way but um I love that little little computer time led to so much more in your future
0: yeah I think about it too mostly with like my my baby cousin now who's like the youngest in our extended family and such a gamer and uh, my aunt is very much like a nature kind of holistic wellness type of person too and she was um just well at least she appreciates it and she I think sometimes battles with like is it okay that he's spending so much time gaming? And I'm like, honestly, yeah. He's probably going to end up being this, like, amazing coder or, like, gamer in 10 years, and it's just – it's cool. I think we just need to – as much as I want my future children to, like, grow up amongst the cows and, like, play in the pastures, I also think that if they have this draw to want to be on the computer or, like, want to be behind the camera or um, editing on Photoshop all day, like go for it. Spend all that time doing whatever you feel called to do, because that's like a new type of creativity. Like spending 10 hours on the computer as a kid, playing around with Photoshop is like kind of comparable to spending 10 hours behind an easel. So it's just letting people, letting kids do their own thing and then seeing how that fosters into like a career or passion as they grow up.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And nowadays, since we've Welcomed, you know, like since the idea of what's an acceptable job or path to pursue has broadened so much that even that's even more relevant, you know. Whereas if you look at our parents' generation, uh, it wouldn't be the same case, but yeah, nowadays you never know what one interest or one habit, one hobby is going to morph into, so very true. And you know, like you've obviously been at this for a long time, then, uh, you know, since you were just a little kid, so if you had to describe your style, like uh, branding yourself, so to speak? Like how would you describe your design, your style, your personal brand?
0: Um, ooh, that's so tough. Uh, <laughs> that's a tough question because I think – I really do believe that people see you differently in the way that you see yourself. Okay, uh, true. So I, I I'm sure – I feel like for me I kind of put out – um, even though I love like so I know that I love other this certain style that other people pull out, and then anytime I try to do it, it just like flops, it just doesn't work, so I realize that we actually do all really uniquely have our own thing, um no matter how hard we try to be like someone else or do another type of style, like we all really have our own type of creativity and i don't know I guess like filter um and I think for mine something I've realized even in the way that I do with like other brands when I'm running their social media coming on there and being like okay I understand like this is the style you want and I'll go in there and I'll try to do that and then I'll be like wait it's two months later and it still kind of looks like my personal page so even no matter how hard I try I'll get with a brand but it still kind of looks like me like it has this little style and what that ends up being is like somehow darker colors and a little bit more contrast but with a natural hue and I try to stray from it try to switch it up I've tried to do the whole like uh, more warm filters and the natural blogger orange that people do and it just like doesn't work for me for some reason (laughs) it's so funny because it's no, I just it was a big realization for me in the past year of being like no matter how hard I try to do to be on trend or do what other things they're doing, like people are doing, um, I still come back to what I guess is me, which is, I guess, just natural with a little bit more contrast because it shows in all of these other brand pages that I work on and then it ends up being on my brand page. And so I guess that's kind of, um, the style that, that, um, I feel like is the most true to myself because no matter how hard I try to get rid of it, it just keeps coming back.
1: (laughs) Pesky little thing. Um, But yeah, like something I've been contemplating a lot recently and as you were speaking, it made me think of it is this idea of, I mean, we've all heard of the comparison trap and you know, creativity obviously, but something I was reading the other day really got me thinking about this idea of when we feel that comparison trap, maybe it's like taking a second to analyze if what we're creating is actually, you know, like authentic to us or if we're trying to like subconsciously replicate something that we really admire or we really do enjoy. And the more I thought about it, the more it kind of, you know, took place in my mind of this idea of when we can create something that is very authentic to us, very just on brand for our, you know, unique individual self, you know, does that take away a bit of the comparison that we sometimes feel? So I'm just curious, like, what are your thoughts on that? Because you you work in a, you know, very populated field and there's lots going on. So do you think like there's that correlation between authentic creation and the comparison trap?
0: Yeah, I I definitely think there is some sort of correlation. I think um, the like first step is a lot of what you're talking about now is kind of taking a moment to really realize what is unique to you. Um, And then also a gut check that I've kind of been practicing over the past few months as trends have been changing so much lately is before you post something like how does it make you feel and sometimes like I'll go and take a photo because it I was inspired by something else I saw and so I'll like try to kind of do it in my own way and I'll like get a weird gut feeling about it and I'm like okay something about this doesn't align with me and for whatever reason I don't feel good about this so I'm like okay even though I took an hour trying to get creative and doing like I'm gonna do it because for some reason, it doesn't feel like it's aligned with who I am and who my higher self is. So it's just not for me. And then I go back to like maybe recreating it in the way that feels most authentic to me. I think listening to those gut feelings of sticking with what feels true to you is ultimately what's better because every time you post something, you're posting it with energy as well. So like, no matter what your caption is, the way the filter is, whatever it is, is like, you're putting some sort of energy out there anytime you share something and you want that energy to be something that reflects well on yourself because that's what people are gonna feel when they see your posts. And if they see that you posted something that you might not have felt good about, like, I think it shows. And if you are, I don't know, you like, post something you're hyped about, then like, people love that. And they're like, hey, like she's hyped about this it feels good, good energy, good vibes and that's like what we need more of i think on social media in general. So as long as we are all kind of doing that little gut check before we post something, it's i feel like it can make the creator space a little bit better.
1: Oh, I so love you said that. Um, my one friend and i we were recording a couple of weeks ago and we just really got on that topic of like the energy exchange where there are some posts that you do and it's just like they They blow up. They do so well. And they're usually these posts that I don't know, like, yeah, like you said, we're super excited about or they're uh, strong emotion attached to them. Like we're just wholeheartedly invested in that post. And then sometimes like you have to do one for a brand or you have to do one. And yeah, like that gut feeling just isn't quite right. And it'll just flop. And it's just been very interesting, you know, personally for me to watch that with my own page. Uh, what posts do much better and what posts just flop and how the energy that I put into them correlates too. So I think that is something that isn't taken into consideration enough, but is actually very powerful, uh, very true, at least, you know, in my eyes. And so I wholeheartedly agree that that's definitely something to take into consideration, but.
0: Yeah, and it it's also kind of makes you think about like, when, and maybe you felt this way too, when you first started doing, um, Instagram specifically, since it's such like a photo dominated platform. Um, when I first started doing it, I did all this research into like, what makes a Instagram aesthetic successful? Like, but how do you, cause at first I went into it thinking it was going to be a business. And then it kind of weirdly enough, like trans just moved out of being a business, which is I feel like the opposite of what people do, but a little digression. Um, I think it's like, at first I looked at it and saw, okay, you need like high resolution photos. You have to make it look really like, like you have a good talent in photography and like do all this stuff. And it never felt like it felt very textbook. Whereas now a lot of the stuff that I put out just feels good about things that like, I'm excited about. Like it's a recipe and it doesn't have a filter or something like that. And that does so much better because it just feels raw and real and that it's actually adding value and they do they perform better in terms of people enjoying them engaging with them that sort of stuff um versus the thing like what i thought was great which was like doing those like really edited high resolution photography photos that would be maybe be better for like a magazine but it's just not what aligned with me so they didn't do well and i think um And of course, like it doesn't really, it doesn't all at the end of the day come down to that, but it's just something to think about that if you are using your pages like a business that it's almost better to kind of like care a little bit less about what you think is the right thing to do and really go with what your gut is telling you to do. Um, I don't know, that has just been such a big game changer for me in the past two years of listening to like the butterflies in my stomach versus the... Articles on the internet that tell you what to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, battle between like head and the heart almost. Uh, You know, and you did mention how you transitioned out of business. So, but you also have your own business. Uh, And, you know, we touched on it briefly when you were talking about doing branding for other pages. So, you know, when did that start for you? Can you just tell us a bit about that? Because that absolutely fascinates me. You know, I love talking with entrepreneurs and just people doing good, amazing things out there. So uh, I'd love to hear about it.
0: Yeah, Um, so when I first, when I actually was like my senior year of college, um, I worked for a PR agency, um, interned there, and then I ended up working there full time when I graduated college. And I learned so much at this agency, but I also realized that um, I could do a lot more in a day than I was doing, sitting at a desk there. Um, So I was like, okay, how can I like utilize this time better? So I ended up leaving that agency, um, kind of deciding that I was gonna try to, and at that time I had had my blog for like a couple, I think it was like two, maybe two years at that point. So I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna give it a shot. Like I've saved some money from working at this agency for a year um, now I'm going to like, just try to give my blog a shot for, I don't know. I, I thought I would just run with it full force for like a year and see what happens, but I really didn't have much of a plan. I was just like, I'm going to go full for it. Like I'm going to spend all this time making recipes and doing all the stuff that I thought that I wanted to do, but ended up realizing that I actually hate doing all that. (laughs) And and then all of a sudden this opportunity came up, um, where I think it was, I think I was about it was eight months in to now doing my blog by myself and I wasn't really making much money from it. It was like, I kept putting, I kept trying and doing everything I could to make it, um, to enjoy it, but then also try to make a living off of it. And it felt like I was, I don't know, pushing too hard on something. Um, and it didn't feel right. And I should have known at that moment. Um, but in the course of time, I obviously learned a lot and this opportunity came up where someone this local smoothie bar that is in San Diego and Los Angeles that I've loved because their original location was actually like a couple miles from where I grew up. Um, and I've always had my eye on their social media and I remember all through college, I kept looking at their Instagram being like, God, they like could do such a better job at their Instagram. I like wonder who's doing it, whatever. I like, it kind of always lingered in the back of my head randomly out of the blue Um, a family friend of mine came up to me and was like, Hey, like, I know you have your blog, but like, you should reach out to this company called beaming. Um, because like, I know that they need social media help. And I was like, really, I've always thought about like reaching out to them. I just never have. And I remember that moment so vividly sitting in my brother's room because that's what I ended up turning into my office at that time. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to cold email the CEO, and I'm going to give him my resume, tell him I've worked at a PR agency, like went to a great college, whatever, and I will pitch him and tell him I'm going to do a social media, um, but I felt so nervous to do it, and it was almost like a complete pivot, because I knew the moment I did this, and if he said yes, like my blog was going to be gone, because I would probably take this Opportunity to run this brand's Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and whatever. Um, and like make sure I was doing a really good job if they gave me this opportunity. So I sat there and I was like, oh, I really don't want to send this email. Like, I'm not ready to give up on myself yet, whatever. And then this weird little voice in the back of my head was just like lean into it, like lean into this fear, because for whatever reason, this fear is kind of telling you that there's an opportunity behind this closed door. Um, So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do it. Whatever. Sent the cold email, and panicked for like, uh, like my computer. I was like, I don't know. I I regret this. Like, I don't want to give up on my blog yet. Yeah, whatever. Blah blah blah. Open up my computer, and the CEO got back to me within an hour, and he was like, Great, can you meet tomorrow? And I was like, Oh my god, what? Like, this is so weird. And I've never like had something turn around this quickly. Um and then that ended up. I was lucky to have worked at an agency before because I learned how to make a pitch deck, and so I like made this whole deck of what I was going to do, and then I met him in person and like presented the deck um so he could tell I was really eager, like f- recently out of college, had some agency experience, had blog social media experience, so it did end up being a great fit um and then i think it's been like a year and a half since then um and that has tumbled into me getting more brands and then i was like you know i need to brand this whole thing that's like happening that kind of just came out of nowhere and um decided to pivot that end up being this thing called the social tale which is the creative digital marketing agency now for five brands that are all california based um And we do like email marketing, social media, kind of like any type of digital marketing, content creation, um, photos for like all marketing purposes, influencer stuff, events, traditional PR if they want it. Um, So yeah, it just, it was weird because it was almost like I, it was a dream of mine to do that when I was in college, but I never thought it was realistic, nor did I think I could make money off of it. And then it ended up just being like this thing that fell on my lap that, I loved and I was making money from it. So I was like, okay, I need to just, this is clearly the path I'm supposed to be on. So I'm a big believer that your right path, like like the universe will open doors for you if you're on the right path. Um, Cause I really don't think your purpose is supposed to be that difficult. But I think there will be times where it will be difficult and rough times will be thrown at you. And you have to get through them but if you like keep working at something for a year like I did with my blog and whatever and other things I've tried and it just doesn't stick it's like kind of a sign that that's not the guidance like you're it's it's kind of almost in my way of like the universe is trying to guide you into a different route um so I'm kind of I'm really happy that it ended up working out that way because I feel like I'm living my dream now and I'm only 24 which is awesome
1: so amazing and i love that you know that idea too of when we are on the right path like yes there will be some obstacles that come up i mean you know nothing is just like super easy ride but fundamentally like these little things will pop up where it's like wow like really or like they agreed they emailed me back like just these little reminders of like okay yeah like something's building here something's on the right path and that's so true where you have to, you have to be open to it though. You know what I mean? Because if you sometimes just try to do the logical thing, it doesn't always work out. You know, like you've got to sometimes lean into that inner voice, that like inner knowing, the intuition that's kind of trying to guide you. And what you said before about that, the voice, you know, like lean into the fear. I just think it's so funny how you know, we're kind of conditioned on our life, you know, if something scares you, run away. Don't, you know, don't face it. That's not for you. But, you know, even looking at psychology, there's so many things showing to this idea of if, if something frightens you, you know, strikes up fear, gives you anxiety, like maybe don't always turn away from it, you know, like kind of do the opposite where if something, if sending that email scares you, like send the email, you know, like jump on it, like just give it a, sh- shot and see what happens. And I think that's something that isn't always easy, but can lead to such great, you know, paths such as yourselves, which I just I love it. So
0: oh my gosh, yeah. I I think um and it's still something I battle with. I've battled with it the past two weeks, but it's a constant reminder for it in my head is if something scares you, run toward it. And it's so hard, so easier said than done. Like And I, and I always try to reference that moment that I remember so vividly of emailing the CEO of Eming to start, which ended up starting my career. Um, It scared me so much and I did it. And I think I have to remind myself of where it got me today. And now anytime a client like asks me to do something that I don't feel comfortable with, I'm like, why does this, why do I have anxiety? Like, why am I panicking about doing this right now? And I think I sit down, I take some time to be still. And I'm like, okay, the reason I feel this way is because it's something I've, it's unknown territory. It's something I've never done before. And that's an opportunity for growth. So it's a fear and I'm running toward it because once I get through it, I've done it. And now I have that experience under my belt and I've just grown from it. And that's so cool. You're just constantly learning and evolving and growing. If you're running towards things that scare you. Um, And it was the same thing, like, a week ago, I had to, or it was actually probably like a couple weeks ago, I had to negotiate for an apartment that I was getting. And I was petrified to like ask them to lower the rent. I don't know why. It was just something I didn't want to do and I hated it. Um, and I was like, okay, you know what? I need to do it. Like, I'm so scared. And I was texting my best guy friend at the time. I was like, how do I, like, how do I ask him? How do I negotiate this season sales? And I was hoping he would help me. He's like, is that it's, it's not a big deal. Just ask him for less rent, like month, like whatever, less rent. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I did it. And I felt so invigorated after, cause I was like, okay, even though he said no, which is fine. I still have that experience of now, like knowing how to negotiate for an apartment. I've done it. I'll do it again. Um, and it, it's the same thing of like, when you start pricing yourself in, um, like for me, I had to start setting a price for my clients when I started doing stuff for them. And I was like, gosh, I'm so scared to ask them for this this much a month. But once you do it, you get more confident, you know, your worth and your value and you run toward that fear of having conversations that are tough or doing things that are tough and you just get better at them every time you do them. So I think running towards fear is like my biggest Thing right now, that I'm trying to get better at, even though it's so uncomfortable, but it's like it's amazing. It's such an it's like a high you get afterward.
1: Oh, I so so agree. Uh, and it is interesting with these things that oftentimes are uncomfortable. You know, the phone call we don't want to make, the meeting we don't want to have, the boundary we don't want to set. The longer we avoid them and we don't like face the fear, we just ruminate on them and it builds anxiety and this like dark like feeling inside of you. And I mean, we all know that feeling. We've all experienced it. And I think everyone can attest to the fact that once you do do it, like you face a fear or you're pushed to face the fear because you have no choice, like that feeling afterwards is just so, it's such a relief or it's such a high, you know? And the way I always remind myself is, you know, like you said, like, so what if they say no? I mean, as long as like my life doesn't depend on it, you just regroup you go on you do something else and uh the funny story actually that came to my mind when you were talking about that was two years ago my friends and I went on like a beach vacation and we got to the hotel and it was like a total shit show I mean there was like actual shit on the bathroom floor there was like a parrot in the lobby our room had like a bed leak and flies in it and we we were just like 18 years old we were like sitting in this old like pizza diner like near tears we didn't know what we were gonna do and i just like like i was so afraid to like confront these people at the hotel and then like i just got that you know like i'm just gonna do it and it was like it was like running towards fear and i just went and i like got my you know like pulled my pants up got like my shoulders back and i was like you know i just demanded all of our money back and they gave us back like thousands of dollars in cash the next day it was amazing But it was like, just so true where every time you face those fears, you stand up for yourself. Like the outcome is either amazing or they just say no, like at the end of the day, you just have to go for it. I think like that's the, that's the best thing
0: you can do. Absolutely. And the word, like, it's very rare that someone's going to say no with hatred behind it. No, but they understand what you asked. Um, so I think at the end of the day, yeah, like you're saying, it's totally worth it. You have nothing to lose. Um, if anything, you have something to gain regardless, even if they say no, because you gained the experience and you gained the confidence. Um, so yeah, it's it, it really is. It's so And it's so much easier said than done, for sure. And I try to remind myself that every time I get confronted with this, an opportunity like that. But it's like you have to give yourself no other option. You got to just do it.
1: 100%. And you're like on that idea of, you know, facing the fears and really like being, you know, like your most authentic self and going for it and everything. Like, I'm curious with this entire entrepreneurial business branding journey you've been on, what are some other like character strengths that you've really had to lean into in order to make this be successful that really, you know, prompted you to take it to the next level, to keep going? I'm just curious to hear like what came up for you.
0: Yeah, I think, um, well, I guess in, in regards to everything happening right now, um, in a little bit of like something that, something that's come up lately is we're in a time that is seen as a crisis for a lot of brands, um, especially in my space, because most of the brands I work with focus on retail to keep them afloat. Um, And it's funny, this moment uh, about a week ago where I was like, wow, I, when I was in college and I was in PR in college, um, I was like, I want to go into crisis PR. And that was my goal. I was like, okay, my senior year of college, I'll actually intern in crisis, like, um, management and be able to like be that person that's can help a company get out of any type of crisis basically. Um, and I was really excited about it. It was something that was thrilling. I do really well in terms of pressure, um, That sort of stuff, but never have I considered having to be a PR person in a crisis in which I'm also living through. And I thought that anytime a brand was going through a crisis, it would be something that only affected them. So I could be the person that comes in with a cape and goggles and a star on my back and be like, This is what we're gonna do, and I'm gonna get us out of it. Cause I thought, you know, like I just love being the cheerleader and like making people see the positive of things. But then I got hit with being, um, responsible for digital marketing for four to five brands, um, in terms of a crisis that I'm also feeling on a day-to-day basis. And it's hard. Like it, I did not think it would affect me. And at first I was like, okay, I get it. Like i need to I need to step up I need to like put on my like a big kid panties and like, make sure that these brands survive this tough time because if their social media isn't great right now, like they might not make it through this because a lot of their demographic is looking at their social media to like stay connected with them since they can't come into retail locations and having to like think about thinking about being creative and like always being there for all of the different audiences that are watching these different brand pages while also trying to process everything that's going on for myself is really it's like it's so tough like there's all of these emotions that have come up for me where I'm just like feeling so overwhelmed being like okay I need to come up with all this stuff and I also have Employees that work for me that I need to make sure that they can still make like they can still pay rent, and I need to make sure that none of my clients drop me because I need to be responsible for these employees, and I need to make sure that like all of these con- these brands are coming out with really cool content so that that none of their audience gets disengaged. Um, but then also sitting like lying in my bed in the middle of the night, being like, okay, how do I really feel? Like I need to make sure that my parents don't get sick, that my brother who's really high risk and has a heart condition and a lung condition, doesn't get sick during all of this. Like I'm also responsible for all of these other things that um were causing anxiety deep down while also making sure everything stays afloat <laughs> and I can pay rent and pay my employees. And it's been it's just such a wild ride. So um I think if anything, there's been these moments where I'm like, I think I've taken too much on and like I'll ha- I'll I'll catch myself with this negative self-talk where I'm like I'm like only 24. Like, how do I get myself in this position to be so responsible for all these things? Like blah, blah, blah. And then I have to kind of like imagine a fishing pole and like reel it back and just be like, okay, catch that thought, reel it back in and just be like, I was built for this. Like this, like anything that has been thrown my way in my life has like prepared me for this. And as human beings, we are so strong and we can get through anything and everyone's going through this and all all it takes is just having open communication being really transparent with everyone from your family to your clients to your friends your employees and just like explaining what you're going through and then like making it through this so I think your question was like how what's something that you've learned right or mm-hmm. like,
1: yeah it's something you've learned about yourself during like this entire journey you've been
0: on yeah I think that the The answer is, like, realizing that we can all be as resilient as we want to, and we just have to, like, change our perspective on things. Um, So that was a a big realization for me in this past month. It's hit me harder than ever before where I thought, like, can I – like, really, I guess, doubting myself for the first time and pushing through that um, has been – quite the challenge, but I know that I will see, like, the, the silver lining when this is all over, Um so I think, yeah, kind of reminding myself that, like, everyone's going through this, and we can all be so strong if we just, like, have these mantras that we tell ourselves, and and um, then, like, put them into action. Oh, I
1: love that, and something that I think we sometimes forget about we just don't realize is that a big part of optimism and you mentioned before you're generally the type of people person you like to see the positive you like to help others see that but a variable of optimism is resilience and this ability to see the good and the bad and to identify what you can control and what you can't control and to not let you know like one factor that's out of your control just lead you into this downward spiral of catastrophizing everything and you know your your idea with the fishing pole and reeling it back in that just kind of made me think of that idea where one bad thought can lead us down such a dark path and it's up to us to find the strength to find the moment of clarity where we can like pull ourselves back out of that and just remind ourselves of like you said those simple truths of we can get through this there's better days ahead we are all inherently strong enough. And, you know, you kind of mentioned at the end kind of like a mantra idea to remind us of that. Do you have like a little saying, something you like to say to yourself to remind yourself that yes, I can do this. Like, let's go. I can, I can get through this.
0: Yeah. So something I always tell myself is that every feeling is temporary. So even if it's fear or angst or um, excitement, unfortunately. I wish excitement was all like consistent, but it's all temporary. So while we might be feeling a low one minute, like we can get a high the next, and that's totally okay. So I think mean, it's like being okay with those things and then continuously telling myself that like this whole period is temporary, it's not going to last forever. And I've been, I just started reading this book. Have you read The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? Yes. Oh, I love that book. Yes, yes. (laughs) So many amazing things about it. And I was listening to a podcast with the founder like a couple months ago and he just was so inspiring. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to read it. So I started reading it. um, And something that he says within like the first 20 pages that has really stuck out to me is, and it's, it's something that I think we can all agree on is, it's hard to get a positive without a little bit of negative at first. Um, so the reason he says that is, here's an example, like while you're doing a high intensity, intensity workout, like you might not be enjoying it at that moment, but when it's done, you're going to get this all endorphin high, you're going to feel amazing, you're going to feel confident, you're going to feel strong. Um, so you get that little bit of negative, 10 minutes of negative for this like hour to six hours of positivity in your, in your mental health. Um, another thing he was saying is like, anytime you go through hardship, like a breakup or losing someone in your family, your friends or something like that, um, you, it's really hard at the time, but then once that's over and the grieving process is through, you kind of find this peace, this time of peace and Zen. Um, so something I just keep reminding myself now is also that like, while this is a really Awkward and weird as heck. Time like there's going to be this amazing positive afterward, and I hope it's that the Earth is feeling better, that we're all a little bit more minimalistic because we realize that we actually don't need all of the junk that we thought we needed in the day to day, or that we're all kinder to each other. Like even now, like I went on a walk this morning, keeping it six feet from everyone else, but the people that were walking by me, like everyone said hi and waved, and I was like beaming with excitement. I was so happy. I was just like, I just made all these new friends on my blog. Like we're all just so kind to each other and it's freaking awesome. And so thinking about how, yes, this time is really weird for pretty much everyone except for the founders of Zoom. Like (laughs) we are going to have this amazing positive thing come out after this. And keeping our eye on that is, is something that I keep reminding myself too, that every feeling is temporary and a negative ends with a positive. Yep.
1: Every, you know, every, there's always growth afterwards. There's always the rainbow after the storm. Like it just, that's nature. That's how it happens. Uh, And I agree. Like looking around, you know, even seeing the, you know, the posts and the memes and everything about how, you know, like now we're appreciating the people that you never really saw before, you know, the behind the scenes people that are still working in stores and hospitals and doing all this great work and definitely seeing all the benefits of the earth and just like the community and the connection that people have built. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's brought so much, so many like little aspects of good already that I agree. I think like afterwards there's going to be a big, you know, a lot of, a lot of change for the better. I hope, at least I hope.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I, like, like you're saying too, I think if, the uh, if we collectively think that way, and we all believe or we can get as many individuals to just solely believe that this is going to end in a positive and the world will be a better place afterward, we will all play our part and sure the world will be a better place afterward. So I think it's just like remembering that if we can all manifest that, then there's no way it's not going to happen. Um, because we all have the choice to take those actions to like make it a better place. So I hope, I hope so too. And I'm like glad that maybe it's because we're both very like similar minded that we feel that way, but I think we're not alone. I think there's thousands, hopefully millions of people that are also on this um, parallel consciousness with us.
1: Yeah. From, from what I've, from talking with, you know, quite a few guests during this time and stuff, it does seem to be, you know, a a bit, you know, a generalized thought where it will, you know, things will hopefully improve. So true. Everyone listening to this, let's try to manifest some good, good energy, good feels for
0: after. <laughs> exactly, your kinder, better Earth, a hundred percent.
1: Now, where, you know, where do you see your business growing? Like, what are some things you would maybe like to see happen when this all clears up? You know, in the coming weeks, coming months, as you grow.
0: Yeah. Um, well, it's so hard to, to think about the f- near future because yeah. <laughs> right now. Um, but before all of this happened, um, I saw the social tale growing into being, um, working with maybe like double the amount of brands that we are now and, and cultivating a really awesome team of like-minded people that are working to shine light on the core values of these brands that we're working with um where we try to be really diligent about filtering through the values of brands before we bring before we decide to work with them so we try to make sure that they are either like predominantly plant-based um eco-friendly or have some sort of like earth-friendly initiative or something that also benefits like mental health in some sort of way um, so mental wellness, eco-friendly, planet, plant, advocate-friendly, any of that sort of stuff to try to spread that message into more people because I really, really believe that that has changed my life for the better. Um, And while, yes, of course, bio-individualism and everyone has their different, like, different things work for everybody, but um, I think getting back to nature as much as possible is really great for us. So, if I can help get that word across a bunch of different brands, that's something I would love to continue doing by growing a team that is also aligned with that and helping me get that message across multiple brands. So I hope that the social tail continues to grow and spread those messages with um, really cool products that other brands are coming out with. Um, Whether they even just be digital products instead of tangible products, if that's where the world's going to go then that's awesome too. But, um, I'm super like fluid always like whatever, wherever the wind blows me, I'm going to be open with it and see where it goes. And so far the wind has been like really blowing me in this direction of fostering the social tail. So I'm going with it and running with it. And when there's new opportunities and when I try to make new opportunities, um, I try to see them through fully. So like I am still actively like pitching new clients and trying to work with new brands that I feel like I'm really passionate about. Um and so I hope that I hope that continues to grow. I think um it's really fun and it's also been so fun just like forming this family of um people that are all working together right now under the social tail. Um we're just like we have so much fun together and I love the team so I think it's just good energy and I feel like it also just puts out more positivity into our daily lives which I hope is something that we can yeah continue to expand over the next hopefully 10 years of my life awesome um yeah I don't know that's kind of like my goal is to keep running with it and then eventually like have a farm with a bunch of animals
1: (laughs) I love it I love it and a computer for your kid of course too um, computers too. <laughs> well, I absolutely love it and where I mean there's a lot more to your story too, especially with the health stuff but um, we might have to do that for a round two. but in the meantime, where can people find you, connect, follow along,
0: um, see your beautiful Instagram that I love? Thanks, man, you're awesome. Um, I mean I you guys can follow along with all of the work that we're doing at the social tale on Instagram or um our website which actually is like very much under construction so maybe don't look it up. <laughs> or you can um check out my personal page that is uh not very consistent at the moment but it's is a so I-s A T A L E S which is not my last name I and mean, a lot of people think it's my last name but it's actually inspired off of Veggie Tales. Did you ever watch that? Show? Oh my like, gosh,
1: yes. Oh I can't I love that you just said that. <laughs>
0: favorite i like think about it all the time so yeah that's where that comes from um veggie tales all the way
1: (laughs) (laughs) love it oh i love this conversation we talked for like a solid i don't know 10 15 20 minutes after recording too so that's when you know it was a good convo because it continues uh and we actually recorded this gosh i don't even know how long ago but with everything happening in the world it's just gotten pushed to the back burner and so i'm so happy this episode and this conversation with Iza uh, finally got out to you all and let us know if you liked it, what resonated. You guys know I love to, oh, there goes the alarm. Um, You guys know I love to connect and as always, my DMs are open for you. So chat soon and see you next week. Bye.